a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Live Mike. I am Lee Lonsberry. 105 is the time here in the KSL newsroom. We are obviously following with a very close and watchful eye the proceedings taking place on the floor of the House of Representatives right now. Uh, Doug LaMalfa, a congressman from California, a Republican, speaking now. Let's listen for just a moment. I, I pray people of all stripes wake up to this spectacle and exercise their rights to put a stop to it through free speech and through fair elections. I yield back. The gentleman yields back his time. The gentleman from Ohio wishes to reserve. The gentleman from New York is recognized. Madam Speaker, I now yield uh, 30 seconds to the gentlelady from Florida, Ms. Wasserman Schultz. The gentleman from Florida is recognized for 30 seconds. Thank you, Madam Speaker. I rise to support the impeachment of President Donald J. Trump for seditious acts against America. To overturn the 2020 presidential election, Trump incited a violent assault on Congress, a treasonous betrayal of our nation. This criminal incitement left us with five dead, including a police officer, a desecrated capital, and a second constitutional crisis. His acts show contempt for the rule of law, the Constitution, and the foundation of any democracy, a peaceful transition of power. President Trump is a clear and present danger to American lives and democracy, and he leaves us no choice but to immediately remove him from office. Thank you. I yield back. And there you have, in just 90 seconds time, you have a snapshot of the two dueling parties right now on the floor of the House of Representatives as this article of impeachment uh, now being debated. Uh, I expect I expect that in uh, about half hour's time, uh, the, the two sides will, uh, their time will expire, and they will then call for a vote. And that is the moment where we really learn about our representatives. And depending on where you stand on this issue, you may uh, find someone with whom you agree, or you may find out that someone you thought was going this way ends up going that way. There are a number of uh, question marks still remaining. The outcome of this vote is uh, not necessarily uh, all but certain. So we'll continue to follow that. Uh, The vote results will take place, I believe. I believe that we, by the end of this program, we will know whether or not, and it's likely that he will, that President Trump will become a twice-impeached president of the United States, uh, something that has never before happened. As we move through today, there are a number of things happening in the background. You may have, if you were scrolling through social media earlier today, you may have seen some imagery coming from the Capitol, inside the Capitol, specifically laying down on the hard marble floor in camouflage garb, in the uniform of the National Guard. I, throughout the 
throughout the morning, well, it started late last night and throughout today, have been in touch with uh, various members of the Army National Guard from uh, numerous states who are right now either in transit or already located at the United States Capitol. I worked there for five years. And the Capitol Police, surely a constant presence. You'd see them all over the place, doing their job, keeping the building and those who work within her walls safe. One thing that I had never seen before until the imagery to emerge from the Capitol today, uh, uniformed members of the military uh, with firearms inside the United States Capitol. And the responsibility that they hold, they take very seriously. These young men and women, members of the National Guard who are being deployed from various states across this country, they take it very seriously. As do their leaders. Yesterday there was an interesting letter. You hear the word unprecedented so much these days, and so I'll spare you, but this letter, a letter of this sort, has never before been sent to the joint force tasked with safeguarding not only the United States Capitol, not only with the various state capitals throughout our country, but with the responsibility, those members of the joint force who bear the responsibility of safeguarding our nation. They, those are all the men and women of the United States Armed Forces, received the following memo, signed by, signed by the Joint Chiefs of Staff, including, this is is kind of a a trivial thing I'll point out, uh, including General John Raymond. Do do, do you know which position General Raymond occupies? He's the Chief of Space Operations for the U.S. Space Force. I I point that out as as a trivial uh, matter because it's it's the first time that I have seen a memo circulated to any audience. Uh, bearing bearing the signature of uh, U.S. Space Force General, Chief of Space Operations, John Raymond. Interesting. L- total tangent. I am interested to see uh, his career trajectory and the, the things he does as Chief of Space Operations. Anyway, I'm sorry. You know I have a tendency of getting distracted fairly easily. Uh, back to the letter at hand. First signature on the list, Mark uh, Milley, General, U.S. Army Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. The letter addressed to every single man and woman who bears the uniform of a United States fighting force. And it reads, in part, the American people have trusted the armed forces of the United States to protect them and our Constitution for almost 250 years. As we have done throughout our history, the U.S. military will obey lawful orders from civilian leadership, support civil authorities to protect lives and property, ensure public safety in accordance with the law, and remain fully committed to protecting and defending the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic. You you hear that language, Ms. Lee, stepping away from the letter here for a moment. You hear that language, defending the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic. You hear that when various office holders or members of the military uh, take certain oaths. But you don't think too often about the U.S. military defending the Constitution against domestic enemies. It's a rare thing. And of all of the big, unprecedented, headline-making elements that have come to the fore in the past week, uh, this is one that you ought to remember as well, that the circumstances are such that members of the National Guard 
are being activated and deployed and are now descending on Washington, D.C., thousands of them, thousands of them. And this letter is designed uh, to uh, remind them of their duty and to thank them for their commitment to the constitutional process. The letter continues. Again, this is signed by the Joint Chiefs of Staff. uh, First signature on the list, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs, General Mark Milley, United States Army. The letter continues. The violent riot in Washington, D.C. on January 6, 2021, was a direct assault on the United States Congress, the Capitol building, and our constitutional process. We mourn the deaths of the two Capitol policemen who and others connected uh, with these unprecedented deaths. We witnessed actions inside the Capitol building that were inconsistent with the rule of law. The rights of freedom of speech and assembly do not give anyone the right to resort to violence, sedition, and insurrection. As service members, we must embody the values and ideals of the nation. We support and defend the Constitution. Any act to disrupt the constitutional process is not only against our traditions, values, and oath, it is against the law. It is against the law. On January 20th, this again, I'm reading from a message sent to the Joint Force, that is, uh, the entire uh, United States military, all those uh, who are engaged in defense of this country, the men and women who bear the uniform. The Joint Chiefs of Staff have come together, all eight, signed uh, by, first, the Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, Mark Milley. This has been sent out ahead of uh, this coming weekend and next week's inauguration. On January 20th, the letter continues, In accordance with the Constitution, confirmed by the states and the courts and certified by Congress, President-elect Biden will be inaugurated and will become our 46th Commander-in-Chief. You hear that phrase commander-in-chief often, and often you hear it improperly applied. In this sense, right here, it is the most correct application of that title, commander-in-chief. President-elect Biden will be inaugurated and will become our 46th commander-in-chief. Not my commander-in-chief. And you, unless you are a member of the military, not your commander-in-chief either. Commander-in-chief is reference made to the position of authority that the president has over the United States military, the commander-in-chief. And so to hear this coming from the Joint Chiefs, that President-elect Biden will become our 46th commander-in-chief, it is a reminder to all those uh, men and women in the uniform of the United States military uh, that this transfer is important and that it must be protected. And those who are deployed to safeguard our country, as it says in this letter, are urged to stay ready, keep your eyes on the horizon, and remain focused on the mission. That's good advice to all of us. Stay ready, keep your eyes on the horizon, and remain focused on the mission, which is harmony, which is unity, which is the moving forward of this uh, beautiful nation where you and I are able to luckily call home. Quick break when we return more here on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America, but this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin, and my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, will find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? 
follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.